You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Welcoming back to the show one of my all-time favorite people and a, my good buddy and good friend, Bruce Cameron, is coming on the show. So everybody's excited about that. Uh, we're going to talk to Bruce a little bit about his latest book, A Dog's Way Home. Of course, we've got to talk about all the other wonderful things going on because Lord knows Bruce Cameron lives a dull life, never any activity going on. That's uh, definitely sarcasm there. Uh, he, he's a man with roller skates on at all times. So we're going to catch up with Bruce and see what is happening in his world. So everybody just hang tight. We'll come back right after this commercial break. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Not pumped about cleaning the litter box? Try World's Best Cat Litter Zero Mess, the litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter. That's right. You scoop once and you're done. No chiseling, no scraping, no crumbling, no problem. Looking for fast and easy litter box cleanup? Zero Mess. Try it. You're welcome in advance. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Join us now is number one New York Times bestselling author, Bruce Cameron. Bruce, welcome back to the show. Hi, great introduction. <laughs> Thanks very much, Dan. It was great to be back. Yeah, I can see everybody. You know, you got your. Uh, you can see how old I am, Bruce, because I. I said you kept your roller skates on. I didn't even mention roller blades <laughs> or whatever. You know, hoverboards, yeah. whatever it is today. These kids are doing it. Yeah, I'm sticking to the old school there. I didn't so you, even know what that meant. <laughs> exactly. Thought, roller well, sk- right. I don't know what that does. Yeah, you're Googling know. roller skates. As it roller <laughs> skate. How do you spell <laughs> that? I can see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Bruce. We've got our waiters on already, so I understand what's going on. Now, good news is we've got a brand new book out, and I just uncovered here that uh, the book has gone number one on the BookSoup.com bestsellers list. The book's just come out hot off the press, and I see it listed here, A Dog's Way Home, W. Bruce Cameron on top of the list, and I'm sure it's on its way to the New York Times bestseller list as well. But hey, did you know that? You know you're on top number one on the BookSoup.com list. I did not know that. Book Soup is an independent bookseller in uh, Los Angeles, California. It's in Hollywood. I think it's in West Hollywood, and uh, nobody knows the difference, including me, between West Hollywood and Hollywood. And then it is uh, also affiliated with a store in Pasadena. So I'm thrilled because it's a big book. It's one of the last independent booksellers out here in the Los Angeles area. So. Uh, and I say out here as if I'm standing in Los Angeles. I'm actually not in Los Angeles, but if I were there... I would say here it is one of the last remaining independent bookstores. So that's a thrill. I didn't know this. So thank you, Tim. That's great information to have. Number one, a dog's way home. And I hope your predictions come true and it goes on to trounce some other list. Yeah, there you go. I'm looking forward to that as well. So it's excited about that. And I want to talk to you about the tour and and, uh, what you're doing with the independent bookstores as well. But let's talk about the book first, A Dog's Way Home, the latest novel. Give us uh, the overview of what it's all about, who the characters are, and uh, maybe without giving away the, uh, the whole book, what kind of unexpected things can we expect? 
Yeah, Dog's Way Home is all about a dog's devotion to her people. And I say her because Bella, the dog in A Dog's Way Home, is a female. It's the first book, as far as I can determine, that has ever been a general release that was written from the viewpoint of a female dog. And uh, this particular dog has pit bull blood in her. She may not be an obvious pit. In fact, some people think she looks more like a German Shepherd, and some people say she looks more like a Rottweiler. (laughs) And the reason for that is very deliberate, Tim, and it's because with breed discriminatory legislation, dogs can be called a pit bull even if it's not clear they've got any pit bull in them if they just have a blocky head, because it's just the judgment of a couple of animal control officers. If three of them agree that that's a pit bull, then that is legally a pit bull in the city of Denver, and therefore it can be banned. And if they pick up the dog a couple of times, meaning only twice in the city of Denver, the second time it is euthanized. So for a dog's way home, what happens is that Bella, the female dog, is classified by animal control as a pit bull, and to save her life, Her people have to send her far away. Durango, Colorado is where she winds up with a foster family. And she decides that's that's a mistake. There's something wrong here. She's got to find her way back to her person, Lucas. And so she sets off on a trek through the Rocky Mountain wilderness. A multi-year trek, I might add, full of danger and adventure. It's a little different than uh, A Dog's Purpose, my number one New York Times bestseller, even though it is told from the point of view of a dog. What's different here is that this is the same dog it is it is uh, the same dog every time. Meaning there's no there's no rebirth. There's, it's just the same dog we're following. We're tracking the same story of the same dog. Yeah. Now that's fascinating what you had said. Now uh, a lot of questions come to mind, obviously, and and I'm agreeing with you on the the uh, breed specific laws. And we've talked about that in the past. That uh, how ridiculous they are. And uh, you know I reflect back to my times of uh, you know being a president of a local humane society, and we always kind of whenever we got a new breed in that we didn't quite know what it was, you know, we'd inevitably name it something like, you know, a terrier mix or a, you know, something mix type thing. Cause we just didn't know any better at the time, what, what kind of animal it is. So it sounds like, you know, once again, a lot of that happens in the real world, you know, they just sort of, if it sort of pseudo looks like a pit bull, then it's gotta be a pit bull. And, yeah. um, yeah, and I was la- I did have to chuckle because when I got the book A Dog's Way Home, I looked at the cover and I'm like, this is a Rottweiler, and the story is about a pit bull, if I'm not mistaken. Why in the world would there be a Rottweiler on the cover? Did the uh, the publisher and in their infinite wisdom think that Rottweiler covers sell better than pit bull covers? I was real confused about that until you know I, I looked at read through the book obviously, and then what you would explain just there. Yeah, I did that deliberately. The whole time I was writing A Dog's Way Home, I had a picture of a Rottweiler pitbull mix that I would look at and say, there's Bella. And so when I would have other people describing her, I would you know, pay attention to that photograph. And the markings and the face of the dog I was looking at were remarkably similar to the one that we found for the cover of the book itself. So I want people to understand that there really isn't such a thing as a pit bull as a breed. There's no AKC pit bull. It's like saying hound dog. There's just, it's a classification of dogs, of breeds. And furthermore, it is preposterous to suppose that just because of the way a dog looks, it is more dangerous than a dog that looks differently. There have been dog attacks by nearly every breed. In fact, if you try to crunch the data you'll find that there's a slightly higher likelihood 
of being attacked by a little dog like a chihuahua or a dachshund than a big dog like a Labrador or a pit bull. So I wanted to, I wanted that to be part of this, but it's not an issue driven novel. Honestly, it is more like a love driven novel. It's more about this amazing bond and the fact that throughout history, there have been cases where dogs have found their way back to their owners after being separated for really long distances. And every time I read a story of 500 miles, 700 miles, 1300 miles, I was just, I was smitten by the idea that uh, I might write a book from the same perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and, I, and I tell people this all the time, as you may know, I, I do a lot of work in, with lost animals, trying to locate lost animals and reunite them with their families or if they're stolen from institutions, what have you. And uh, uh-huh. I got a client of mine just the other day, you know, said she's getting a lot of pressure from friends, family, uh, her spouse saying, you know, give up on this particular animal. She has a lost cat that's been gone for quite a while. And so you should give up. Yeah. There's, you know, bound to have met coyotes, bound to have gone into hazards, you know, and troubles. That, And I always tell people, you know, never give up because they are miraculous. They've been found thousands of miles away. They've worked their way back home. We see these stories. And, and I think you do a great job with it from a, a fictional standpoint on a, a dog's way home. Yeah, thank you very much. You sound like you've read the book. <laughs> of course I have, man. I've got okay. half my shelf full of Bruce Cameron books nowadays. I'm at the, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I just contacted the furniture store to order the next one because I just know I'm going to need more room on my Bruce Cameron shelf. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, just keep expanding. You're going to have to add a room to your house. That's well, right. Thank you for doing that, Tim. A lot of people that I talk to that interview me don't manage to get around to reading the book, so it is it is uh, really gratifying to know that you read A Dog's Way Home. There you and go. And I think you, what you'll see is very similar to A Dog's Purpose in that it's from the dog's perspective, but very different in that the dog and a dog's purpose was sort of on an existential journey searching for purpose, not really sure who he was supposed to be. The dog in A Dog's Way Home absolutely knows who she is. She is Lucas's dog. She is going to find her way back to Lucas. Nothing can keep her apart from Lucas, not even the animal control apparatus of Denver, Colorado. So we have to, uh, doing your research, when you first started contemplating this book, I mean, was this years ago that you contemplated this, or was this something keeping up with some of the uh, the hot topics of the time? Or uh, I know your daughter you know, runs a, a rescue organization in, in the, the uh, Denver and Colorado area. How did the well, uh, background was, of it come about? I was always intrigued by the question of how and also the question of why. The why seems obvious, but that's because we're human beings and it's like, well, if you if you woke up one day and you were 500 miles from home, you'd start figuring out how to get home. But you'd have a good sense of where you were in relation to home. You'd know how the journey was going to go. You'd start figuring out the method of getting there. You certainly wouldn't set off to walk unless you had no other way to do it. A dog doesn't have any of that. A dog, in fact, if separated from if separated from its owner, a dog is really confused from the very beginning as to what's going on. If the owner, in this case, in a dog's way home, Lucas sends Bella away, gives her to a woman who drives Bella down to Durango to save Bella's life. But Bella doesn't know any of that. And right. her... Her interpretation of what's going on is that she must have done something wrong, and she thinks what she did wrong was not obeying the command, go home, when she was supposed to, because something happened. She was 
given the command, go home. She didn't do it. It has been making her feel guilty ever since. And so when she's in Durango, she hears that command in her in her mind. She's like, I've got to go home. That, then I will be a good dog. Her motivation is also devotion. I mean, these dogs are just so devoted to us. And so what drives her is not so much a, you know, a need to get back to, you know, I don't know, when you might say, well, I need to get back home because I need to mow the lawn and I, I like my living room and I was, you know, I'm watching Netflix or whatever it is that your motivation for being at home is not a dog motivation. As far as a dog is concerned, home is with us. I've moved a couple of times with my dog, Tucker, and when I move, he doesn't ever want to go back to the old place, not even once, because as far as he's concerned, home is with us. So that's the motivation. That's the why. And then the how is even more of a mystery. I mean, we don't really know. We think dogs may have an inner compass, but, I, you know, I've got a compass in my car. It doesn't tell me anything <laughs> except for what direction I'm getting lost in. You know, it doesn't, I don't know what it means. And even, and, you know, a dog doesn't have a map in its head. So I'm not sure what good a compass, a, a mental compass would do, but I, I get that that might be part of it. But what we do know is that a dog has a sense of smell that is simply unparalleled among the creatures of our planet. I suppose there are others that have better senses of smell, but man, a dog has got to be right up there in the Olympics as far as that goes. Right. And when it comes to great distances, it seems impossible to suppose that if you're in Durango, Colorado, that you could smell Denver. But I think that's impossible because we certainly can't do it. We don't have the eyesight. We can't see Denver. We don't have the ears. We don't have the nose. We simply could never fathom having any of our primary senses help us figure out how to get to Denver. But a dog may very well be able to smell its way home. So I was really focused on that as well. Yeah. Well, let me get, ask you a, a comment you mentioned about, you know, Tucker, uh, home is where the family is. Home, home is where you guys are, are at at the time. But have you ever yeah. gone back to some of the places you've lived before, visited before with Tucker? And does he immediately know where he's at and what's going on? No, you know, I think you uh, misquoted me, Tim, because oh, I'm okay. not saying that home is where we are. I'm saying home is us. The gotcha. concept of home is being with Catherine, my wife, and me. Mm-hmm probably more my wife than me, but that's Tucker. You know, he likes her better. But (laughs) as far as Tucker is concerned, when Catherine and I are together, that's home. And if we're in a hotel room, for all he knows, when we check into that hotel room with Tucker, that that's where we're going to live from now on. And I don't think he's that bothered by it or has that many concerns about it. As far as he's concerned, as long as we're together, that's what home is. That's what home is. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Thank you. Thanks for straightening me out there. See, that's why another reason I keep Bruce Cameron around, <laughs> keep me straight on things. Because <laughs> Lord knows you don't have anybody in your life to keep you on track. Now, do you, Bruce? Not, oh, not I've the- got so many people trying to tell me where to go. <laughs> I, you know, and, and, and without them, I, I, sometimes I think I'm lost because of them. I mean, when I get my publicist says, okay, you know, be in the lobby at 3.30 to be picked up. And I'll go, now, where are we going again? And they get, they get really upset with me. They say, we told you this a thousand times. I'm like, yeah, but that was... Three months ago, you told me. Now, I need to know right now, what am I doing? Should I put on pants? You know, things like that. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know, it's better than when you were not a well-known author and a New York Times bestselling author. People used to tell you where to go then, too, right? 
Oh, yeah, always. I mean, always told me <laughs> exactly. So one way or another, I think this was just a little bit better. We'll put it that way. Yeah, okay. You got a good point. <laughs> there you go. All right, we're going to take a little qu- quick commercial break, and then we'll come back with uh, Bruce Cameron, talk a little bit more about the new novel, A Dog's Way Home, and also talk about all the other wonderful things going on. So everybody just hang tight. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. My golden retriever, Sundance, is a lot more playful now. She has more pep and energy. Tons of energy. Happy the rescue dog is happy the healthy dog. Petey is having fun again. He's got a shiny coat and a good healthy weight. Molly's been having four scoops a day. She pushes her little bowl all the way across the room, emptying every last single crumb. She has slimmed down and gotten this puppy look. She's got life. She's got energy. We get asked all the time when we're at shows, how do you get your dog so healthy and shiny and glossy? D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. Just feed your dog right. Do the Dynavite. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Dynavite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Dot com. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. We continue our great discussion here with our good friend Bruce Cameron, the new book, A Dog's Way Home. So, Bruce, when everybody picks up a copy, I'm sure they've already got their copy. And if not, they're heading out the door right now to pick up a copy of A Dog's Way Home. Once they read it, what do you hope they walk away from? What is your, really your goal here? Because there's a lot of great little tidbits from the book, whether it's a great story or whether it's a, a underlying message. What do you hope the, the big takeaway is from uh, once everybody takes a look at the book. Do you want to uh, do you want to pause now and give everybody a chance to go out and get the book and then we'll pick up the conversation when they've got it? Well, you, you know, Bruce, uh, you're dating yourself here once again because there's these things called mobile technology that people can actually walk and do things mobily. So I, I'm convinced uh-huh. that my listeners right now are listening to this wonderful, thrilling conversation while they're in the store buying the books or online <laughs> buying the books. So. All right. All right. That's a good. I had never occurred to me. So you're absolutely right, Tim. Yeah. I will say, so let's, let's talk about the takeaway. I think the, the most important takeaway from this has to do with the degree to which these dogs, these animals, depend on us for survival. I mean, there really aren't packs of wild dogs 
speak of. If you ever hear of one, it's alarming and anomalous and unnatural. And I say unnatural very deliberately. There is no natural state of wildness for a dog. There are no feral dogs because we bred that out of them over 30,000 years. We have turned them into a species entirely dependent upon us for their fate, for their well-being. So we have a responsibility. We did that as a species, and now we owe it to their species to protect them. And protecting them means protecting them from unfair legislation, from situations where a dog can be pulled away from its owner and euthanized simply because of how it looks and the perception of some people, whether it's scientifically based or not, that an animal is dangerous because of how it looks. That's, that is one of the takeaways right. that I would have. Another one I want uh, people to, to, to contemplate is do we really want the government deciding what kind of dogs we can have, especially when pit bull owners will tell you that their dogs are gentle, that their dogs will uh, protect a baby and sleep with a baby, that their dogs will play with the children that their dogs have never growled at, snapped at, or bitten another person. And yet we have legislation that says that they are dangerous creatures just because it's declared by law. Do we really want that happening? Or do we want to go to the government and say, it's our business uh, what our dogs look like? We don't want you telling us what our kids look like. So uh, for many of us, especially this these day and age. Having a dog is kind of a surrogate for having children. And telling someone that we're going to take your dog away because we don't like the way it looks is not something I think we as Americans should tolerate. So those are some of the takeaways from A Dog's Way Home. Yeah, absolutely. Well put, well put. And they are a part of our family. There's no doubt about it. I know I would, uh, you come in my house and try to take away my dogs, there's going to be trouble. And I'm sure uh, Catherine is well at the door. If anybody tries to mess with Tucker, Catherine Michonne will take care of that for sure. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and a final <laughs> note, I guess I should note that in a dog's way home, Bella likes cats. A lot of people were really unhappy with me because they said that uh, Bailey, in a, in a dog's purpose, didn't like cats, which I, I'm not sure that was in there. I mean, he didn't have much use for cats, but then again, the cats didn't have much use for him. He didn't hate cats, but okay, you didn't like the way cats were portrayed in a dog's purpose. You're going to love the relationship between Bella and cats in a dog's way home. It's a different perspective when Bella is rescued, a little plot spoiler, but just a tiny bit, when Bella is rescued from under an abandoned house, she is actually living with cats. So it is her background to trust and protect felines, and uh, that really has an impact on the plot of A Dog's Way Home. There's an interesting twist that happens. There you go. I like it. I like it. Leave a teaser out there. And it's very true. And I'll speak up for our pit bull lovers once again. They're a fantastic breed, great family uh, dogs, and uh, yes, they can get along well with cats too. So don't uh, don't put anything out there. And definitely, if you've got any legislation going on or or a chance to speak up, please go to your uh, local uh, state or federal government. And make sure you're speaking up for the uh, for the breed. We definitely don't want anybody telling us uh, they're bad because they're fantastic. So now, Bruce, I've got to ask you, putting together this book, A Dog's Way Home, let's reflect back a little bit. We've got A Dog's Purpose, became a best-selling book. The movie came out, became a number one best-selling book. Now, looking back at your relationship with writing, your publishing house, the, the screenplays, uh, the writing there, has life become a lot 
easier and people are or accepting your ideas when you have something that's uh, a little bit different out there or are they still coming back to you saying well bruce you know it's got to have a dog got to have a dog in the cover and you got your dog rider now uh life was really easy when i was unemployed <laughs> uh, i didn't you know i didn't have to go anywhere or do anything i could decide to take a walk or go for a bike ride or not it didn't matter i didn't have anything due or uh, uh no deadlines so in that regard, I suppose life has gotten a little more complicated anyway. I don't know, easy and hard. I mean, honestly, life is what life is. I think you can I think you can call it hard or call it easy depending upon what's going on or you could roll with it. Look at how the dogs are. I mean, even if you have an old dog who is starting to have pain and is starting to lose eyesight or hearing, can't keep up anymore, you know, if you take the dog for a walk, you have to walk very slowly. We all have a lot of us have stories like that of dogs who have gotten to the end of their cycle and clearly have some pain. And we're doing our best to alleviate that. But because they, they suffer silently, we don't really know what's going on. Life for them, I think if they could speak, they would not say life is hard. I think they would say life is wonderful. There's so much joy. There's so many wonderful things. Lying in a patch of sun is a wonderful thing. Having dinner is a wonderful thing. Going for a walk. Being with the person I love, being petted by that person, those are wonderful things. So if dogs can do that, and they're here for such a short period of time, if dogs can do that, let's all do that as people. Let's try to embrace that philosophy. So, ah, no, I can't tell you that life is easy or life is hard. Life is wonderful, and that's what I'm going for. And that's, what, that's what I'm going to embrace, whether I go back to being unemployed or not. <laughs> there you go. Well, I don't think there's much of a chance of that, Bruce. I've got confidence in you. I've got faith in you. But uh, that's a great way to put it. You know, uh, live in that present moment. I always say, follow. You know, if you can live any life, live a dog's life or a cat's life or any animal's life. Yeah. Live in that present moment and soak up the sun when you can and enjoy life. So now the uh, a dog's purpose I see just been released on uh, DVD. Do you want to give any uh, highlights or insights or any plugs for that as well? Yeah, first, uh, your listeners should know that the number one DVD in America is A Dog's Purpose. There you go. So we are finally, you know, when, when it came out, we thought it was going to be the number one movie in America. It almost was. It was number two for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, now that the DVD is out, it's probably, absolutely, firmly the number one movie in America. Also, because it's a DVD, there are these DVD extras on it, including for the first time, you can see me in front of the camera talking about a dog's purpose. That's, in my view, that is very skippable entertainment. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't pay any attention to that. I would skip right over it. But if you haven't mastered your DVD control and you wind up watching it by accident, yes, that's me talking to camera. No idea what I said. I, I always forget what I said of these kind of things. But, but the good news is my wife, Catherine Machan, is there. She's very lovely to look at and she's very smart. Unlike myself, she's got a lot of great things to say, and so that part is worth watching. And that's why everyone should buy this DVD so they can watch my wife, because that's going to be the best part of the whole thing. That's right. The beautiful and talented Catherine Michon, definitely. I, there you I, go. Every episode, I have to squeeze that in. And I do have to applaud you. So this is probably the first time you haven't been uh, on the cutting room floor of the films, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tim, you are aware that I have a couple of times been filmed in a movie, and then they wind up they wind up cutting me out of the movie, including a movie my wife directed. And so I'm sleeping with the director in Hollywood. That's supposed to get you in the movie. It didn't work for me. I wound up getting cut. 
And uh, I don't know why, because I didn't have any lines or anything. I was just standing in the bar. And I, 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 so what she's telling me is, as an actor, I can't even be a man standing in a bar, which, believe me, is a role that I was born to play. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, there's so many things I could say, but this uh, the program's getting ready to come to an end, Bruce, so I'll just leave it out there for that. But uh, everybody go out. If you saw the movie uh, out there, A Dog's Purpose, uh, you'll definitely want to pick up a copy of the DVD. If you didn't see it, where have you been? Go out and get a copy of the number one selling uh, DVD right now. It's a great movie uh, to go along with the great book. And uh, while I've got you on the line, Bruce, any other tidbits, any other exciting things that we should see that's right around the corner that you can announce? that I can announce is yeah. that I've got a book coming out in June, just in time for Father's Day, called A Dad's Purpose. It's about what it's like to be a father in today's world. And then in uh, July, I've got a book coming out, Molly's Story, which is a retelling of the story of the life of Molly from a dog's journey for younger readers. It's uh, another one of my younger reader books that are adapted from the baseline story of A Dog's Purpose, A Dog's Journey, the two-book series that is the basis for the movie A Dog's Purpose. Yeah, fantastic. That's that's great news. So everybody pick up copies of those. Keep an eye on, on that. We'll keep everybody aware of that as well. It's uh, wonderful that you uh, are putting together those, uh, getting our uh, our kids started early. And uh, I'm sure all kids love animals anyway, but this is just going to add to the uh, the love and respect that they have for them. Exactly. Yes. Well put, Tim. Thank you. Well, Bruce, enjoy the journey. Everybody, where can people find out about what's going on, your latest uh, activities, where they can see you in person, and where the latest uh, independent bookstore, which you're uh, obviously promoting so well, and they're inviting you in. So that's fantastic news. How can people keep track of what's happening in your world? You know, the best place to do that right now is Facebook, because I've sort of let my other traditional websites languish a little bit, but we're really active in Facebook. If you're on Facebook, find us. You can find me. You can find Catherine. You can find A Dog's Purpose, the fan page. And it it is always uh, a place to catch up on my comings and goings. And, you know, I'm touring around a little bit. I'm going to be in Dallas. You're going to be in Dallas. You're going to be in Denver. You're all over California. Obviously, they can see you in places like Los Angeles and San Francisco. Any uh, any other locations you're going to be at? None scheduled this time, but that doesn't mean that I won't go. All the time, independent bookstores will say, hey, can you come in and do a thing? And I'm always happy to go if it works out with my schedule. That's right. That's always, always, always accommodating for everybody. We appreciate that, Bruce. So definitely hit up Bruce on Bruce Cameron on uh, Facebook. Keep track of all the comings and goings, all the greatest, uh, latest in the uh, the books and the authors and all the wonderful stuff that you're doing. Bruce, it's so great to talk to you again. Everybody go out and pick up a copy of A Dog's Way Home. You're going to thoroughly enjoy it just like you have with uh, everything else that Bruce Cameron's put together. Congratulations once again. Keep up the great work, and I'll look forward to chatting with you again uh, soon somewhere down the road. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Tim. We'll talk to you later. All righty. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Thank our uh, producers and sponsors for making this show possible. We look forward to seeing everybody again real soon. Check out all the other wonderful shows on Pet Life Radio by going to PetLifeRadio.com. And you can check out all the previous episodes of Animal Rights by going to PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Animal Rights. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Put it in a blog, an article, or in a book. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.